Tripping. I'm out of here anyway. Peace out. On tomorrow's show, we will talk with Steve Stone. We will talk with Russell Dorsey. So a lot of baseball. And I think there might be some room for some hockey discussion on tomorrow's show. We shall see. These two guys are coming off a a triumphant interview with Joe Kelly yesterday. You can check them out between now and Cubs baseball. They are Parkinson Spiegel. I think we did win. Triumphant is a funny word choice. We won that hour. I like it. Yeah, we defeated um, apathy. We defeated (laughs) boredom. And the dump button. Oh, my God. Did we win that? I don't know. I think you won it. (laughs) Oh, man. No one was fired. Yet. That's a win. Yet. Yeah, Tanny didn't quit out of frustration, so that's a win. I do think that his uh, blood pressure was raised well into the evening, though. He said he had some uh, some lingering anxiety. Some flashbacks. Yeah, right. he kept thinking about it. Did something get out that wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to? It was uh, Atta, baby. awful announcing. Just wrote it up. Uh, um, I don't know, man. He is, he is fascinating. I, I found it wildly entertaining, and uh, I love radio. We're all radio guys, but man, I was bummed we were on radio yesterday. You were you were hoping for that podcast feel? On a, like, dude, he just let it rip. He, he, is, he, he said he, so he much. We were. He assumed we were. He well, yeah, he assumed we were, but also like he said so much, and then like we kind of had to admonish him. Shane came in after the first segment and like admonished him more, and you know he was still great the second and third segment, but obviously it was more buttoned up. And I'm not even just talking about like a like a gratuitous curse, like you know it was just like a little bit more buttoned up. He um he will say it. He said that Elon Musk baseball would be better if Elon Musk bought every team. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm not saying I agree with any of it. Like some I do, some I don't. But like, that's a wild opinion, man. Well, he just he, he wants he wants more rich hobbyists, and I love that guy, rich hobbyist. Um, I was excited when he bought a team. But He's a really good pitcher. D- d- do you think so? And but he wants he wants more Mark Cubans, more Steve Cohens, <laughs> more Steve Balmers, people who've already made their money, who come in and don't treat it like a business, treat it like the vanity project and the joyful hobby that it's supposed to be. I, I do agree with him on that front. I do think that you want someone who is going to bring about competition. And and this is one of the big things that the players were arguing about. That, that they're tired of owners like people in Cincinnati, for example, that are just going to use this as a way to create revenue without even caring about the winning part of it. Yeah, I think that that part is is just right. It would be better for the fans and certainly the players, the player salaries, right? There would be even more money spent uh, if every owner were if the 30 richest people in the world owned the 30 baseball teams. Sure. They would there would be even more money spent on the sport. Right, but that's not going to happen anytime no. soon and they will forever fight will the owners the idea of a salary floor and now they've got it just the way they want it even yep. though even though they they cry and they bemoan the situation, they have a cap essentially and no floor. So they love that. And then they can complain internally that some people are spending all the way up to the Steve Cohen cap, and a lot of other people just don't even bother. And it stinks. It stinks, bad, of course. Bad system. It, it's uh, There's a huge disparity, and you're seeing it in some of the records, man. 
Like I know it's not exactly tied to money and wins, but it is. You know, like the, the the teams that can spend more money do more often than not win more baseball games. So people, we got the Dodgers, the, the the Angels, the Yankees all doing really well. And the Mets. And the Mets. And the Mets. Coastal elites, baby. Yeah. It's that's that, the that's the state of the league right now. Whenever that gets pointed out, baseball people and some like hardcore fans will be like, but the uh but but the uh but the Rays. You know, because well, there are a few, um, right? But that, that's arguing the ex- way. that's arguing the exception for sure. It's not, that is not arguing the rule. The more money you spend, the more wins you are going to have in general. Yeah, you know, from a from a year to year basis, and obviously the way to really do it is to do both, like like the Dodgers did, and still do, where you feed the system and spend on the big league level. But man, yeah, Joe Kelly was wacky. There was some real good baseball-y stuff there. Stuff we're looking forward to bringing up to Steve Stone at 3 o'clock on this show, uh, including the mound visit heard around the world, Lawrence. He said, yeah, actually that did matter. Ethan Katz getting in his head and challenging him, him, challenging him like a like a pitching coach needs to figure out what motivates the guys, and Katz figured out Joe Kelly right there in that moment out of necessity. Well, I love hearing that because sometimes I always I wonder if it's just reminding guys stuff that they already know and maybe have lost sight of inside of a a start or an outing, or if there's a motivational component that can happen in the 25 seconds that a, a pitching coach is going to be able to be out there on the mound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kelly, a guy who came in very confident, feeling very good about himself, and uh, needed to be told that he was a piece of crap, essentially. <laughs> hey, kid, get it together. He likes being challenged. Yes. He likes being challenged. Like, you know, the, uh, parenting, you got to learn how your kids learn, right? It, uh, a teacher, how different students learn. Motivational tactics. That's you don't, a pitching coach. You don't approach everybody the same way. That's right. that's the job of uh, of the pitching coach. I, I Did you listen to it live, Florence? No, okay. no, I was in class when it was happening live. Okay, well, call well, us sometime when you have no class. <laughs> Probably later on today. I, I was just, cu- I was curious how people experienced it because it, it felt like kind of like a bucking bronco situation. Sure, like, but, uh, isn't that that's dangerous radio? People love dangerous radio. But yeah, it 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 was hilarious. It was fun. At the end of the hour, I was like. Did we cover anything? <laughs> and then you look back at it and you're like, oh, yeah, damn. Yeah, we, we got co- that in. We, we got this a, in. We covered a lot. In. We broke the news of the Donaldson suspension to him. He told the hilarious Liam Hendricks story, the Ethan <laughs> Katz stuff, <laughs> saying that they could break out. Uh, like they, it, He gave a ton of validity to uh, that being a launch point for the team. Kopech going off two hours of sleep because he's got a newborn, yeah. like all that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, so like there, there really was a ton, but at the end I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I enjoyed Enjoyed the entire oh, thing. Oh man, Liam trying to push on the uh, door from the bullpen so they could get out there and join the brawl, the theoretical brawl, so they could do like the uh, the the dance theater of running out there, so standing around as the bullpens do, but they couldn't even get out of the bullpen at first. Yeah, that's happened oh. to a couple of pitchers this year. God, it's where, so good. Where they've been doing the push when the bullpen door is a pole, and then they end up getting stuck back there. What's the maximum number of times you can do the wrong push or pull mechanic before you try the other one where you don't feel dumb? Is it two? I think it's probably three. 
Yeah, the third time you feel like a complete idiot. I'm pulling. It's not opening. Yeah. I got to pull harder. Uh-huh. It's not opening. I, it, I re- it's probably jammed. I got to pull really pull hard. really hard. And then you push. I think, yeah. <laughs> and it opens easily. I, I agree. I think if you pull a fourth time, you're just dumb. <laughs> like, I, I, I think it's three you and a half. You could argue three. O- over under could, three and a half. Right. But I, I still think that you're right. On three, when you then push, I still think you feel a little stupid. You feel a little stupid, but you can't stop your muscles and your momentum from actually still trying to do it. Yeah, if it's a quick three, you yeah. feel okay about it. The real problem there is if you pull, pull, pause, think about it, and pull again. And go back. That's that's where that third. Well, really- usually that that third one though, like it opens the door because like all all the force that you're, it almost slingshots it back. It's like oh, this door. Pushes open. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> and it's happened to all of us and it always happens in like it always happens in a crowd, right? <laughs> like, oh, there's seventeen people behind you. Like mm-hmm. you're like walking into a department store on Fifth Avenue in New York City or and something. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it always happens at the worst possible time. Like when you're trying to defend your teammates against the brawl. And then they go <laughs> Let's back. go out there, guys. <laughs> Come on. And then they can, the Yankees fans can see into the bullpen. And so then when they get back from the stupidity, they just get heckled for you not got, being able to open a door. And you got to wear that. And you got to wear it. That's great. Baseball players, they're just like us. Mm. They're just like us. So do you? Th- so it speaks, you've been tracking the the stretch, the fifty four game stretch, and they've won two. So should we? Is should it be a new stretch? No. 54- Are you sticking with your fifty? Because everyone else is going to stick with post Donaldson. Uh, that's fine. There will be pre Donaldson and post Donaldson. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Well, you know th- that'll be easy. Yeah, I, I, every, I know. Everybody, everyone everybody else is doing that. that. Um, absolutely. Well, how about um, you know, in this fifty four game stretch, they've played fourteen. They're seven and seven. In the in the fifty four game stretch, it was supposed to be fifteen. The thing is, we thought these were going to be some winnable ones. These yep. next five here, this is a very different Red Sox team than it was two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, Speaks, can you break this down? Because they, to me, their stories are similar. Where they're two teams with some expectations, and they've stumbled out of the gates. The Red Sox have righted themselves. How? Well, the last two weeks are the best offense in baseball. Uh, the the number one OPS in baseball the last two weeks last seven days their team OPS is nine twenty five so they've won six out of seven they've won eight out of ten they just swept Seattle and they finished it off with a walk off grand slam on Sunday Trevor Story has exploded he was absolute dog crap for like the first five weeks J D Martinez and Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers are terrific especially Devers and Martinez have both been on completely on fire so they. I mean, the offense has absolutely broken out. The kid going tonight, Nick Pavetta, has been up and down, was brilliant his last time out. Eovaldi's been up and down. So pitching's kind of been, um, you know, fairly steady overall. But it's the offense that sucked for a long time, and right now it is absolutely on fire. So that, that, that's how they've broken out and it's kind of pulled back to, to where you thought that they might be. I'm so hopeful that... It, not just what happened with Donaldson, but there was some good stuff baseball-wise that happened for the White Sox on Sunday where you do get these two brilliantly pitched games by Cueto and Kopech. You have Pollock with a big home run. You have Tim Anderson with a big home run. I still am not in a place where I trust the White Sox offense. Their starting pitching has been better than I think they could have even dreamed considering the injuries that they've had. 
I just want to see them, especially against right-handers, do well. Yeah, no, you, and you need Moncada, and you need Grandal. I need Grandal to start taking walks again. Yeah, yeah, you do, because the guys that do take walks need to take walks, because a lot of the other guys do not. So, although, yeah. although Tim's got five in a month, and yeah, that's, that's a big deal. <laughs> <The> personal record. <laughs> He's so damn good. So good. It's crazy. The bat-to-ball <laughs> bat uh, the skills, the hand-eye coordination, just the comfort level. And the approach. Yeah. It, like the, the Tim Anderson approach of, oh, so you guys used to get me out when I would try to pull those pitches on the outside. I'll just flip them to right from now on. See, Miguel Cabrera had two more hits to the opposite field yesterday. Giancarlo Stanton goes to the opposite field with regularity. It's like, and I keep thinking of the uh, Cabrera anecdote after he got to 3,000 hits where they, they told the story of he had like the big duffel bag full of cash on the team plane. And people were like, what are you doing? And he, he reached down, he pulled out, I think what was like 10 grand, he holds it up and says, this is what you get when you hit the ball the other way. <laughs> Just held that up in the air. He was right. Yes. Yeah. He could not be more right. So learning to do that, being comfortable doing that. So you think he carried around the cash just for that anecdote, or was there another purpose? <laughs> well, where, where were they going next? That's like, a good question. Like someone's going to ask about opposite field hitting on this flight. I just know it. I need I need to have some snacks <laughs> with he, he me. Where, made were, other they, were they on their way to Atlanta? Right, exactly. Or Miami? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Spr- L.A. Spring training city in Vegas. for a big league ball player, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Houston, you can have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Any southern city, really? Really, uh, really. If you if you just grab the FanDuel app with my promo code Matt, you can just get and bet on stuff anyway. Oh, you think he was gambling with yeah, that money? I yeah. don't think that Lawrence was talking about sports gambling no, in Atlanta. Yeah, he was talking about strip clubs. Yeah. Oh, I got there, there you go. Yeah, also, sorry. A yeah. promo code LOHO. At, at Magic City. <laughs> LOHO, can we just agree? Can that, I go up to the door at Magic City and say LOHO and they, and they let me in? I, I mean, you could try. You could try. <laughs> LOHO, Lawrence, can we just agree? The promo code BURN is just crap, right? I mean, yes. no, nobody does yes, that. Yes, no one does that. Either Especially people Especially at Matt, Magic City. Or Loho. It's it's those two. Either one. And that's it. Yes, Team Matt and Team Loho. Absolutely. Especially in Magic City. Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get into the back room. Um, can I use the promo code BURN? burn? No. Get out of here. Yeah, get away yeah, from that's here. That's the last thing we want here. We don't want that reputation. Nobody wants win expe- you know, expectancy <laughs> matrixes conversation in the back room. Oh, God. No, yeah. B- there's B-R-N no, or B-U-R-N. There's yeah, no sex one. in the champagne room, and there's also no win expectancy matrices. Excuse me, can you turn up the light? I can't read the, the printout of the Joe Sheehan newsletter. Why are you reading that here? It arouses me. That's why. It does. <laughs> Whatever gets you going, man. Whatever it takes. Yep. Uh, I, we're not here to fetish shame if that's what, what gets you going. I think we've always said going. that about the score. There's no kick shaming on that's the score. Right. That's is, right. Or is there? Eh, maybe yeah, there sometimes. Is. Yeah. The Joshian newsletter, I'll kink shame that. <laughs> if that's, come on, that can't be your thing. Anything else, we're fine with. But come on, e- that Emails be. from Stonecutter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there, are, there are things. Yeah, sure. There are more than one. All right. Oh, God. You, Lords, you said about Zach Levine, I thought it was so right. Like, don't freak out about every rumor. Uh, and because there are a lot going to come, and he is going to be wind and dine, and like, he should a hundred percent. What you said of like still being on the fence about whether or not DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine as a core three, you know, are good enough to compete for a championship. I, I'm out on that. 
Like I, I don't think their core three is good enough to compete for a championship. Do, do you think that the part that's got to go is Vooch? I just think the part that has to go is not Zach. You know, like De, DeRozan is obviously awesome right now, but he probably won't be this awesome for much longer, and he's not a good defensive player. Zach at 27, like I've said it for a while now, like I I think the core of the Bulls that is most likely to experience the highest degree of winning is Lonzo, Patrick Williams, and Zach Levine. Like I think that's more likely to be their big three. Can I throw Caruso in? I, I mean, not as a big three. I hear what you're saying. You're ideally hoping that Patrick Williams develops into a big, big, big yeah, part. Yeah, because like I, I think that what they did with getting Vooch and DeRozan here was the, the stopgap. Was like the these guys are all all stars. Let's all, get they're good. all professionals. Let's get good. Let's get in the playoffs. Let's get experience. Let's figure out what we have. And now there's this obvious reality that like they're not as good as Miami or Boston or or Milwaukee. And they probably can't be because of the limitations of flexibility of what it costs to get from awful to good and competitive. And now this will be a very interesting offseason or two to figure out how our tourists can, you know, wait for the first round picks to come back and take that next step. Maybe upgrade his Vooch. I, if I, you can, it's going to be tough. Man, I you know me. I'm a long-time Nikola Jokic dreamer. Long-time Jokic dreamer. It's not happening. I, I see Denver upheaval. I see Minnesota come swooping in and stealing an exec after Arturis left as well. And and I, I see, you know, I, I I dream. I continue to dream. Of, of Jokic? A, yes. I he dream. says he's going to sign the Supermax, and Look, they're going to offer him the Supermax. I Why dream, are we dreaming of this? I dream of Jokic. Which is one of my favorite 50s and 60s sitcoms. Absolutely. After school every day, Lawrence, what, 4 o'clock, 4.30? I dream of Jokic would come on It's ridiculous. It's just so, yeah. Rub the genie bottle. Yeah. It would be great. Can, can we get Bill Melton on the phone, you, please? It, like, that's one of those shows where, in the context of twenty, in the context of twenty twenty two, he did enjoy his winner. By the way, I dream of genie would not work. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think so? That's a no. long list. No. Yeah, that is a long that list. Is a long well, I mean, some of the stuff I think could work because of the way that it was. But I dream of genie. I don't think that's going to be a thing that works. <laughs> Rub the bottle. And the blonde woman comes out. She comes out and grants me all these wishes. And then I was he an astronaut? Like yes. he was a pilot, but yes. he was also an astronaut. I think he was both. I think he was a pilot that evolved into an astronaut. And yet he never took advantage of the genie in that way until they eventually got married. All proper good stuff. <laughs> And I would marry Jokic if I needed to. Yeah, but why, but why? That's the name of the new sitcom. But why? I would marry Jokic. <laughs> why, why do you do that to yourself? What? Dream of things that aren't happening? Yeah. It's the American way. Come on, man. I, I'm right, playing Beat but, the Streak every day to win $5.6 million. Right, but that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a funny, who like... Who do you have tonight? Yeah, who do you have tonight? Uh, TA? Tonight? Uh, no, I have Santiago Espinal, who's got a 16-game hitting streak for Toronto. I got that going to 17 against St. Louis. And I have Trey Mancini against the Yankees because he hits like 379 off Montgomery and he kills left-handed pitching. Where's your streak at right now? Two. <laughs> <laughs> One. Two. Outstanding. Two. Yeah, I'm a two. Yeah. 
Yeah. What? I you know. I just screw, like, you, screw you guys. Get the inside edge on how to win the five point six million dollar prize I, every day. This that's right. podcast. You know, you know who's good? You know who's really good at it? The Porthinator. Ryan Porth's oh, really good. Ryan Porth is really good. You know, we had yesterday. He had Ian Happ. In Cincinnati, because Hap owns Cincinnati he pitching. can't leave there without a home run. <laughs> that great call by Boog right there uh, towards the end. Absolutely. And, uh, and he had Paul Goldschmidt, who had a walk-off grand slam. So he was sweating it all night long. And then there's Goldie with the walk-off grand slam. What's Porth at? Um, I don't Two. know. Four. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. He's One. at four. <laughs> It's a tough game. <laughs> it's a hard game. Not a lot of hits happening in real baseball. Good news that, that you get ten grand for the high streak on the year. That's is a, for the high streak on the year. No, thirty nine is oh, the high okay. streak okay. on the year so far. Somebody already got to thirty nine. Oh, you're thirty seven away. Yeah, that's. <laughs> give me time. <laughs> hey man, it, it starts. You got to. You got to do it. That's that's life, start isn't it? With one. That's life. You, you go back to zero. You show up the next day. Refocus. Concentrate on your fundamentals and begin again. That's right. Uh, today, Lawrence, we have Steve Stone. On the radio program. That plays. Should be good. Joe Ostrowski and Mark Grody from another opportunity for Bears media to watch Bears players play football. Kind so, of. Yeah, yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's no pads on. Kind of. Kind of. But people spoke, too. So uh, we'll, we'll hear Matt Eberflus today. And, mm. uh, and there was a shakeup in the cornerback room. Yeah, I just saw Matt that. Matt Eberflus told you, don't worry about it. I just saw that. J- Jalen Johnson lined up with the twos. Yes, right? because of a conditioning thing. Whoa. I, man, this is an interesting situation. My Bears radar, angst. Well, no, radar's been up about Jalen Johnson for 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 a little while here. It's they'd be crazy not to like him. No, I I think they're just I think they're challenging him. They 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 want to see you know his work ethic in this system. They want to see him rise up, and he's not the bright, shiny young corner on this team anymore. They got a new one of those. So I'm sure he's feeling a little uh, little disrespected, even if even if subtly and subconsciously. doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah, I could care less. That could be true as well. Fluce. So disrespectful. So disrespectful in May. So that's what we're doing today, Lawrence. Sounds like a show, boys. Have yourselves a time. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank All you, right, Lawrence. man. Have a good one. Tanny's Open kicks us off as always. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score.